Hey girl, hey, welcome back to the Cherry Lounge Podcast, Season 2, Episode 1. I am your host, Tanisha Cherry. In today's episode, I'm opening up about how I'm feeling during the pandemic and what solo quarantine really looks like. Let's get into it. I think it's fair to speak for everyone when I say this pandemic has been a goddamn ride, okay? A roller coaster, if you want to call it. A few weeks ago, it finally hit me that we've been in this shit for a year and there's no end in sight whatsoever. And it's so mentally exhausting to even think about that because last year when I started this podcast, we were about two months in. We had no idea when it was going to end. We didn't know how this was going to, what it was going to grow into at all. And to come back a year later and still be in the same position, it's just, it's very frustrating. And I was feeling really down the other night and ended up going to bed early you know I put on some you know nice little slow vibes R&B I had a hot bath I had a good meal had some water (laughs) why am I saying it like that I had some water and I took my behind to bed and then I woke up the next morning still feeling the same way (laughs) which is very unusual for me because you know a hot bath and a nice long good interrupted sleep is usually the remedy for me when I'm not feeling like myself. And you know, that's just because you're in bed for an extended period of time, your body gets to heal itself, your mind gets to take a mental break. But it was weird, because when I woke up, I was feeling worse than I went to bed. So anyways, I ended up doing what all the kids do. And I hopped my behind on Instagram, and I snapped an unfiltered photo of myself to my stories with a caption that read, hashtag not so happy Friday. Are you experiencing depression or anxiety from all the restrictions? This morning I woke up feeling super down and feeling like this is never going to end and I'll never get to experience anything else because I can't leave this goddamn apartment, (laughs) which is so unlike me. Not being able to travel and spend time with my family has really hit me like a ton of bricks and I'm just feeling really sad. And I have this little sad face there. Honestly, I'm still shocked I posted this because in real life, anyone that knows me personally, I'm not one to talk about my feelings, especially when I'm feeling down about something, much less online. This was definitely a new territory for me looking back, but all in all, I'm happy that I did it because it allowed me to acknowledge and reflect on my feelings. It also opened up a different dialogue with my community online, which was really nice to have because you get to know people better when you have those type of conversations. So many people DM'd me sharing that they've been feeling this way, but they didn't feel like admitting it because it's so minuscule compared to people losing their jobs or getting sick or, you know, dying, which I completely understand. It's great to be empathetic to other people being hugely impacted by what's happening, but At the same time, we have to leave room to acknowledge our own feelings and emotions. Really appreciating the conversations I'm having in my DMs right now about this because it's amazing to see how emotionally intelligent my online community is and just how much people I've never even met in person really understand me. As I mentioned before, in my personal life, I don't really open up about when I'm feeling down or angry about something because... To be honest, I don't have an emotional support system. I have a support system for other areas of my life, but for my emotional and mental health, it's not there. You know, at least it's not there where I would like it to be. And that's no shade, just true to you, okay? Some of the people in my life are either 
dismissive when it comes to me expressing my feelings and their response is usually something like, oh, you have health and you're blessed. You have nothing to be upset about. Or they'll say, me too, and cut the dialogue off there and turn it into a conversation about themselves, about what they've been going through, not realizing like I'm reaching out to you to say, I am feeling very bad right now and I need you right now. And instead of them acknowledging and doing something about it, they make it about themselves. That is literally one of my pet peeves. Or some of the people in my life can be too overbearing with it to the point where I don't want to share it with them because they want to have a long conversation about it that I can't give to them. I'm one of those people where when I'm in my feels, I just want to vent for a couple minutes, okay? Give me a couple minutes to just get my shit off. And if I want your opinion or help finding a solution, I'll ask. But after my little vent session, I don't want to talk about it because I already got it all out. And I'm not interested in talking about something to death because to me, talking is not going to alter how I'm feeling at this moment, okay? It's just a way of acknowledging it. Honestly, for example, I was speaking to someone yesterday and I had made the comment about something and their immediate response was, or maybe it's this, or maybe it's that. I'm, I'm sure it's not the case and da 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 You know, maybe you're overthinking it. That is not how you respond to someone opening up to you. It's just really not. And people need to get a clue. Something I realized about myself is that I like to be comforted through physical touch or with affirmations that are relevant to what I'm feeling down about. Don't just go throwing out compliments that have nothing to do with what I'm expressing to you, you know? That will have me shut down really quick. Like, don't go start complimenting my appearances when I say that I'm feeling sad or depressed because I'm not talking about my appearances in this moment. So what you're saying right now, it's not doing anything for me. So let's just pull that back, okay? All the way back. I am feeling a lot better now, but it took time to process all these emotions. One of the pros of this pandemic has definitely been that the way I self-reflect is a lot better than it was before. You know, I feel like before it was a very surface level self-reflection and now I'm honestly deep in there. So what's different about the way I self-reflect now is I actually look deeply inside myself to pinpoint where my feelings are originating from, you know, and acknowledging them so that I can actually go through the emotions of getting on the other side of it as opposed to getting over them, sweeping under the rug, or getting rid of them. <laughs> now I'm confronting it head on and letting it consume me and just going through it. That is my approach now, which is really a lot more healthy, I believe. While I was feeling down and out, I took the time to think of answers to, what about this pandemic has me down? I came to the conclusion that it's a combination of three things. The first one is being confined to a small space for an extended period of time. And when I say small space, I'm referring to my apartment. Next one, feeling like my love life is at a standstill until outside is finally opened. And most importantly, the fact that I can't travel the way I used to. After pinpointing where these feelings are coming from, I started to mentally unpack them. With the whole being confined to a small space, like, that's easy. I already know. I've outgrown this apartment and I need to get the hell up out of here. ASAP. 
<laughs> I've already gone ahead and done a walkthrough um, of other units. So I know for a fact, once this lease is up, I am moving into something bigger. And by bigger, I mean something that leaves me with enough space to actually grow into until I'm ready to purchase a place. I definitely have naturally started to visualize myself in a house as opposed to a high rise apartment. And I feel like my days are numbered when it comes to living in a condo setting. I'm not saying like next year or the year after, but I am definitely starting to create the Pinterest boards, look at neighborhoods and, you know, putting even more money aside. So I know that's going to be coming up in the next few years here. So my next place will definitely be my last before I decide to purchase. That's my thought process right now. That can definitely change. In the meantime, I'm doing everything I can to keep my tiny ass apartment very tidy because it can get very messy quickly, okay? At this point, I have more stuff than places to put them. So I've started to alternate between working in my bedroom and my living room to give each space a break. I was always one of those people that was against working in their bedroom, but I got a small ass apartment, okay? <laughs> you know, I, I don't have that luxury anymore of just having my bedroom as a relaxation space because working in my living room has changed the energy in there so much where I don't even feel like I can chill out and watch a movie or anything in there, which is really unfortunate because I don't always want to be laying in my bed watching TV or reading a book, whatever the case is. Sometimes I do want to be in my living room, but because I've been using that space primarily for work, it's honestly, it's shifted that energy. And working in my bedroom has not shifted the energy when it comes to me sleeping. Like anyone that knows me knows I'm a great sleeper. I can doze off and fall asleep anywhere at any time. I've never had that issue. So me working in there is not going to change the energy pertaining to my sleep. So I'm totally fine with that for now. I'm also going to start um, reserving some time slots on my amenity floor of my condo so that I can also start working there, you know, to add that into the rotation. Working in the same space all day in and out, it's just not working for me anymore. So I got to shake some things up in the meantime until my lease is over. So that is how I am dealing with that. The other thing I addressed was my feelings on my love life being at a standstill. This one was a little bit harder to work through because as women we get shamed all the time for being single or not having kids at a certain age and this doesn't come from strangers for me this comes from family and friends like old family friends that I can't get rid of they're always going to be there <laughs> and you know your family's going to be there but I get shamed by them all the time and as you guys know, my background is Jamaican and Trinidadian. Caribbean people have no filter at all. They say whatever they want to, not even realizing the traumatic impacts they're making on your life. And it's just, it's very annoying and exhausting to deal with. But I personally think 30 is not old. My life is just starting. But this pandemic has put certain things on hold for a year. And now I'm in this place where I'm feeling like it may be another year or two, which is not working for me. To think that I won't possibly have the flexibility to put myself out there and meet someone or a few someones, okay, <laughs> for another year or two is scary because I feel like my 30th year has been snatched for me because of Miss Coronavirus. 
it's it's very annoying like she tried it it's even scarier because it takes time for me to connect with someone and transition through different stages of a romantic relationship so i'm kind of just doing the timeline in my head freaking out like shit i'm not trying to get married and have a baby at the age of 40. (laughs) some people i know older people who shall not be named my cousins (laughs) would say Girl, you're already behind because you're sitting here waiting till 30 to do this shit. And now look, I bet you wish you would have done it sooner. And no, honestly, I don't wish that I was married already or had kids already because I have not met that person yet or else it would have happened. So it's dumb to me when people say or think things like that. I've always admired successful women like Beyonce who have had children later in life when they were more established in their career and also in long-term relationships where they actually took the time to get to know one another and go through those changes that you go through in a relationship. As you guys know, when you're in a relationship, there's a lot of highs and lows, you know? It takes a while to get to that sweet spot and even when you get there, at some point or another, you're gonna get out of that sweet spot and you might have to find a new one. You know, there may be times where you're doing really great in your career and your partner isn't, and they feel insecure about that, you know? And there could be times where your partner has grown mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, and you're still in the same thought process and maneuvering the same way as when they met you, and that's creating some sort of shift in your relationship, you know, and making it more challenging. There are so many different cycles that happen in a relationship. And, you know, my theory is that a lot of people really don't take the time to really go through those before they get married or introduce children to the mix. So I'm always thinking about that when I think about, okay, when I get married, it's going to be to someone that I really, you know, had a great relationship and I've been able to grow with individually and together as a couple, you know. And then when I think about when I do want to have kids, I want to have kids with my husband who I really know and who I love and I adore, where we're now creating that legacy together of our own offsprings. And I want to make sure that, you know, I'm with the right person who doesn't just support me as a mother, but also supports our child as their father. Those are all the things that I think about. And again, that all take comes with time. And I feel like my time is running out because of this pandemic. <laughs> but you know, I'm at the age where Beyonce had blue and I'm feeling like, okay, I'm happy with my career, but I still have so much work to do. And I'm not even in a relationship. I'm single as hell, which that scares me, you know. But then I look at Kim Kardashian, and she had her first child at 33. I look at Nicki Minaj, and she had her first child at 38. So that does make me feel a little bit better because, you know, Kim has still continued to have more kids and hasn't let becoming a mom stop her from continuing to set goals for herself to accomplish and really thrive in her career. And yes, I know you guys are going to say that there are celebrities with lots of money and help, but there's still people like you and I, you know, they're still mothers, they're still women, they're still ethnic women. And when it comes to that fear of being alone or not being able to experience being a mother, we all have that at some point or another, unless you don't want to have kids or you don't want to get married, then you don't. But for the girls like me who do, you always have that in the back of your mind. But anywho, after deep diving into that, I had to give myself a pep talk that, girl, God has you, okay? Even the pandemic can't stop that. 
it may not happen in the way that you would imagine it, but it's going to happen. And in the meantime, all I can do is find different ways to put myself out there. A little TMI, but <laughs> I was talking to one of my guy friends, and I'm not going to name him, but I was talking to one of my guy friends um, on the phone because I was driving um, back home from somewhere, and he was in the car next to me, and I was trying to honk him to get his attention to say hi, and all I hear is his damn music, so I called him, and he was in the f- car with his homeboy, so he's like telling me, like, oh, I'm just in the car with my homeboy, he just moved to the city, and I'm like, oh, is he single? Mind you, I'm on speakerphone, but I knew. Long story short, um, I ended up hopping in his friend's DMs afterwards. And I'm not saying this man is about to be my boyfriend. Shoot, he just might be the person who introduces me to my next man, okay? I'm just saying. I put myself out there <laughs> to meet and connect with someone that I didn't know before. So those are just things that I'm going to have to do. Maybe not that thirsty, but... <laughs> It's just new things I have to try. Pre-pandemic, I would have never done that, but outside is closed up, so I have to try new things. I can't let a little panderosa stop me from that, so that's that. The final thing I had to work through was travel, and I know some people are going to say, like, get over it. It's not a big deal. Okay, I respect your opinion on that, but we're talking about my feelings here, and my feelings are valid. (laughs) I haven't been on a flight since February of last year when I went to London for Fashion Week. This is the longest I've gone without being on a plane since I was 15 years old, you guys, okay? I love to travel and experience new environments. And as you know, I had a lot of European travel planned for 2020 that didn't happen because as soon as I got back from London, we went into lockdown a month later. A lot of people are still traveling, but... That's their business. That's not my business. My reason for not traveling is because after knowing different people who've gotten COVID and hearing about how it affected them, like losing their sense of smell and taste and stuff, I don't want that. Mm -mm. Y'all can keep it. I don't want that. Mm -mm, Not at all. I'm trying to do everything in my power to not get it. And the other thing is I actually want this shit to be over with. So I'm trying to do my part. How are we going to get on the other side of this if we're all continuing to be very reckless and selfish? But now we're a year into it with no end in sight. And I feel like, girl, just pack up and go. Be super safe. But go get you some sun, hun. (laughs) I had a trip planned with a girlfriend uh, to go to Mexico beginning of January 2021. Okay. We booked an all-inclusive resort to relax, capture amazing content, because she's a content creator as well, and, you know, to explore the island from a distance. Since then, our prime minister, I'm in Canada, if you guys don't know, I'm Canadian. (laughs) So a prime minister is the equivalent of the president in the United States. So our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, has introduced new travel restrictions as a way to discourage non-essential travel and reduce the spread. So here are the new restrictions, okay? You guys, get into this. Number one, all arrivals to Canada have to quarantine in an approved hotel for up to three days at their own expense while waiting for their results from the COVID test taken at the airport. This can cost a traveler more than $2,000 Canadian. And that's in addition to the already mandated pre-departure COVID test you have to take. Y'all hear that? A minimum of $2,000? Oh, hell no. And then the second one is Canadian Airlines have suspended services to all Caribbean destinations and Mexico until April 30th. And then the last one is 
all international passenger flights must land at only four airports, Vancouver, Toronto, Calgary, Montreal. So he's really laying the law down on traveling, which I understand. I understand why they're doing this, but I'm highly annoyed with the timing of it because Canadians were calling for the sort of restriction eight, nine months ago. Why did you have to wait until a whole year of us being in this for you now to put these harsh restrictions on? It's it's crazy. But anywho, so there's nothing I can do about travel at the moment besides continuing to contribute to my travel account and pray that come April 30th, these restrictions have been lifted and I'm able to go lay up on somebody's beach enjoying somebody else's sun because we're not getting any in Calgary right now. I know travel may not be a big deal to some people, but travel has been a form of retreat and recentering myself, you know, since I was 15 years old. It's the only time I'm truly able to detach from work and any stress or anxiety that I'm feeling in my life, you know? But in the meantime, I'm trying to find new ways to temporarily escape what's happening. I've definitely been uh, meditating throughout the day, even just taking small pauses, um, small breaks. And, you know, sometimes I'll text one of my girlfriends and be like, hey, I need to work on this for an hour. Can you call me in an hour to remind me to take a break? Or, you know, I have the Google Nest. Same thing, I'll put a reminder on there and say like, you know, hey, Google, remind me to make lunch or eat dinner in the next however minutes. And that's pretty much how I mentally unpack the root of how I've been feeling. By the way, all this unpacking didn't happen in one day. This was over the course of about four days, okay? And unpacking for me consisted of going completely MIA so that I could think deeply about my feelings while doing meditative things like cleaning my whole apartment, washing my hair, doing laundry, reading, binge-watching nostalgic TV shows. There's something so cleansing about all these activities for me, so I spent about four days just doing that and just taking time for myself and thinking through these things, talking to myself in my head, talking to myself out loud. I wish I would have wrote some things down because that would have been really helpful too, but next time, I'm sure. I'm sure that this ain't going to be the first (laughs) or the last time of me feeling like this um, during this. I do feel more at ease with this pandemic after doing all that. It's still hard, especially when you're quarantining alone, you know, because I wish I had someone to do things with. I've always been a homebody, but I'm also a selective social butterfly, you know. When I'm ready to be around people, I'm out there and I'm making the most of it, but I don't have that option anymore. I like to go out and be with people. I don't like to be at home with people. So that's one thing about me, you know. That's where my homebody kicks in. When I'm at home, I'm at home alone. But usually when I'm ready to be social, I like to go out and do brunch, dinners, movie nights, events, travel. Being by myself is cool, but doing it for a long period of time, it's been leaving me uninspired. And honestly, it's been increasing my procrastination because I'm like, well, I don't have nothing to do tomorrow. I can do it then. (laughs) So it's, it's been hard. To help with that, I've been FaceTiming with my friends and my brother a lot. Not just talking, but doing activities over the phone. Like my friend Savan, you know, we're back to doing our FaceTime movie nights, which are always fun (laughs) and a good time. I also have a cohort, uh, my friend Ryan, he lives close to me. So on my weeks that I'm working from home, we'll arrange to do a daily long walk to talk shit, get some fresh air, a little exercise. (laughs) So that's been really good, but it is colder in Calgary. It's winter now, there's snow on the ground. So 
we haven't done it in a couple of weeks, but this week I'm getting on his ass because we're getting back to it. I've been in this apartment way, way too long. This is pretty much what I've been going through and how I'm sorting it out. And I think it's important to share because a lot of the messages I got from you guys in response to my post were really comforting. And it helped me out a lot tremendously. A lot of you guys gave me advice on, you know, things that have left your space, things that have changed the energy in your apartment. Like somebody was saying, you know, you should play a lot more music, especially when you're working or you're cooking or you're cleaning. Playing music all the time can really change your mood. And, you know, I love music and I'm grateful that I have my Google Nest. Shout out to... um Google for sending me that. This is not sponsored in any way, and I know I've already mentioned it before earlier in this, but I want to mention it again because that has made a world of a difference. I did buy uh, the Amazon Echo Dot, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, and she was cool and everything, but then Google gifted me this uh, Google Nest, and I freaking love it. It's amazing. So someone had actually recommended me playing more music. So I start my day and I end my day every day with music. I play music throughout the day. Sometimes, you know, I lately I've been on this whole thing of playing a lot of early 2090s R&B first thing in the morning. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you'll see me when I say my good morning. I usually have some sort of, you know, R&B favorite playing in the background. Y'all were so helpful to me, you know, and I'm more than happy to bear it all for you guys if it means getting someone else in a better mental and emotional space because you guys truly helped me with that. So I'm really grateful and thank you to everyone that messaged me. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode and welcome back to season two. I have so many great episodes with some amazing surprise guests coming your way. Make sure to subscribe to the Cherry Lounge podcast available on all streaming platforms where you'll find a new episode every Monday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time, 5 a.m. Pacific Time and 8 a.m. Eastern. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head over to at Tanisha.Cherry for all the real-time action. I post on my stories every single day. I post in feed content. I've been dabbling in reels. So make sure you guys go and show me love on there. And if you love this episode, make sure to take a screenshot and tag me so that I can repost all the love, okay? Thank you guys so much again. Later.